Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. We're going to go right into the Word tonight, and we'll receive God's tithe and offering at the end of the service tonight. I want to look at Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. We've covered a lot of ground concerning favor, but there's a lot more to cover. (laughs) There's a lot more for us to give our attention to concerning to God's plan where the favor is concerned. And so we looked at Romans chapter 5, beginning, we'll just look specifically at verse 2. And we see here it says, By whom, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the Lord Jesus Christ also we have access by faith into this grace. Grace is also defined as favor. We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice. We stand and rejoice in this favor that we've accessed by faith. So faith provides us the entrance, the open door into the favor of God, the grace of God, and everything that is provided in the grace of God, in the favor of God. God's God's enablement, God's empowerment over our lives to bring to pass His will in our life, to bring to pass, it's the supply for His will because you you can't fund the will of God in yourself. You need the favor of God to be able to fund the will of God because His will is more than you can earn with the highest degree. His will, the favor is necessary for you to be able to walk in the fullness of the blessing. And so He says here that we have access by faith. And so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So what the Word of God speaks to us concerning this favor. We receive it into our spirit. And then in that receiving, faith comes. And as faith comes, we are able to lay hold of and bring into manifestation things that can't come any other way. Favor only... You can't get favor by working for it. You can't get favor by earning it. Favor can't be earned or it wouldn't be favor. It would, be, it would be a wage and not something that's given out of the favor. So favor can't be earned. So you can't, you can't do anything to qualify for it in the works side or works aspect. You've got to believe for it. You've got to take God at His word and agree with His word. Be it unto me according to your word. I'm highly favored and I'm increased. And that God is multiplying me. Amen. So by faith we have access 
into this favor. And then after we enter into that favor, we're to stand in it and we are to rejoice in it. So once favor begins to operate in your life, take your place in it, take your stand in it and rejoice. That means give God all the glory. This did not just happen. I was, it just wasn't because I was in the right place at the right time. It was the favor of God that put me in the right place at the right time. It was the favor of God that ordered my footsteps. It was the favor of God that opened that door for me. It was the favor of God that I, I, I got that job interview. It was the favor of God that I got that opportunity. That, so re, that rejoicing is always giving God the glory and honoring Him for that favor that you're standing in. Amen? I, I want to just revisit John chapter 1. And we're going to look at the fullness of this favor in Christ. And I'm going to need the Amplified's help in John chapter 1. Uh, and if you just think favor is talking about finances, you'll miss so many other aspects that favor applies to your life. But finances are a part of the favor of God. But they're not, they're not the only part, but they are a vital part. Amen? So John chapter 1, and let's look specifically at verse 16. In the King James, it says, Of His fullness, speaking of Jesus Christ, Of His fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. Of His fullness have all we received. So we have, have received is past tense. Talking to those of us in Christ, of His fullness... We have all received. You know, the Bible tells us that God has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. It doesn't say God needs to give us anything more. It says He hath given all things that pertain to life and godliness. And so there are that, that, that switch in the mind to switch over to that aspect of already provided supply changes the way I approach to withdraw that supply. I'm not trying to get it put in my account. I'm not trying to get him to give me something. I'm trying to agree with what he's already given me. If we would just access what's already in our inheritance, there wouldn't be any lack. There wouldn't be any need because all the supply is in the inheritance. Amen? All the supply is already there. And so it says, of his fullness have all we received. Let's see the Amplified of verse 16. Out of his fullness, his abundance, we have all received. We all had a share and we were all supplied. So we've received, we have a share, we are supplied with one grace after another. And spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped. Heaped. Not, not just a little dabble, do you? Heaped. Heaped upon gift. So this is ours now in Christ. Of His fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. And how do we access this grace, this favor? Faith. Faith is the access point for the favor of God. 
Faith is the access point for that empowerment and the blessing of God to have its operation in our life. Now, Romans chapter 15 is the companion text for our foundation in this teaching because God is setting the goal for us. He is setting the objective. This is the objective that we have to put our sights on. You know, if you go out to try to, um, I, I don't know, maybe if you're trying to um, go to the shooting range and you, want, you, you have a, a certain target, maybe it's a bullseye, maybe different, different kinds of targets that they may have, if it's skeet shooting or something like that, but what you've got to learn to do is how to aim at that target. Well, Romans chapter 15 provides the target for us, and I need to quit talking and turn my page here for just a second. <laughs> Verse 29, Romans 15, 29. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans 15, 29. And I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing. The fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. The fullness of the blessing. So that's our target. When we're aiming, we're aiming at fullness. When we're aiming, we're aiming at fullness. We know what to aim for. We're not shooting wildly just to get a need met. We're not just, we're not just shooting wildly just to get a, 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 you know, a healing in one relationship. We're aiming at fullness in the family. Fullness. Fullness in the relationships, fullness in, in our finances, fullness in our walk with God, fullness in our walking out the assignment that He has on our life, the anointings that He has imparted into us. We want that fullness of the blessing. So again, this is not just about finances. It applies to every aspect of our life. The blessing is the empowerment for you to fulfill your ministry. The blessing is the empowerment for you to, uh, if you're a wife, to be a wife. If you're a mother, to be a mother. If you're an aunt, to be an aunt. There's, a, there's an empowerment of God in the blessing so that everything you put your hand to, whether it be on your job, in your family, but there's an empowerment of God for you to excel at it. Not just get through it, excel. God wants you to be an example of His excellence. And He gives you the power to be excellent. So the excellence is coming in this blessing. That, that empowerment to rise above and to move into the greatest flow of whatever it is you're doing. Whatever it is you're called to do. Amen? And so He says the fullness of the blessing is available. So if there's a fullness, then that gives us an indication that there can be other, lesser than measures. And we don't have to settle for a lesser than measure. We can learn to cooperate. And as I have studied on the blessing, I began to realize there is a, a lifestyle of obedience that follows, that, that we participate with the blessing by acting on the Word of God. We, that Deuteronomy 28 makes it so plain. If you will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do all these commandments, which I command you this day, then all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. So being a doer of the word for us as New Testament believers, for being a doer of the word, we know we have loved the Lord our God 
and love our neighbor as ourself as the royal commands that govern our lives and that being a, acting on the word in that measure acting on the word causes the word to have its working in our, in our lives Amen. hallelujah so we see that the favor of god is ours in christ a fullness of that favor and a fullness of the blessing. And of course, they're connected because Genesis chapter 12 shows us the blessing. Now, before we, you can go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 12, but let's just remember that God in every interaction he has ever had with mankind, God provided blessing in the interaction. Every covenant, there's a blessing in the covenant. And the covenant that he established here with Abraham, uh, it was a blessing covenant, a blessing covenant. When he established the covenant with Adam, it was a blessing covenant. The covenant with Noah was a blessing covenant. The covenant with David was a, a blessing covenant. In every interaction that God has with mankind, blessing is, is God's design for the covenant. His part of that covenant is to bring his empowerment into our lives. That he wants to help us in our life. He does not want us to live our lives alone. On our own strength and in our own power. He wants, he wants us to depend on him in every aspect of our lives so that he can help us with his strength. And with his strength we can do so much more than we could do just in our own limited natural ability. And so God establishes covenant. And in that establishing of the covenant, he, he inserts the blessing as the flow of the covenant. So because we're in Christ, we're governed by the blessing. The blessing is a flow of our lives as covenant children. Now, this covenant was established here with Abraham, so I want to read it. Genesis 12, 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from your kindred, and from your father's house, unto a land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And now see, he's told him to do something. Get out from where you are. Because, because... There are, there are influences, yes. There, there is a, a measure of an inheritance from the natural side, yes. But from a, an even more panoramic picture, God gave him an instruction to act on. God gave him an instruction to act on. You know, they came to the prophet and they said... The, the, somebody has gotten poisoned mushrooms and put them in the pot and now none of us can eat and we're going to starve out here because we're hungry and, and the stew is poisoned. And he, he gave them an instruction, right? Put the cornmeal in there and it was healed. They came to the Red Sea and Moses began to cry out to God and God said, why are you shrieking at me? Stretch forth your rod. He gave them an instruction. Stretch forth your rod. Hallelujah. Jesus told him, go fill the water pots. The man came to the prophet and said, I've, I've lost the axe and it was, it was borrowed. The axe head fell in the water and it was borrowed. Hallelujah. So in all of these, God gives instructions. And in those instructions, in the acting on the instruction, his power is made available. 
And so he gives Abram an instruction. Abram was in what historians tell us was a, 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 cult, a, a culture or a civilization that was advanced for that time. He, he was in a place of comfort. He was in a place where there was a supply already, but God tells him to walk by faith. God tells him to step away from what he can see and what he has trusted in. And he tells him an instruction and he gives with that instruction a promise of recompense. He said, I will make of you a great nation. See, God was just trying to get somebody who would act on his word. He was trying to get somebody who would respond to his voice. Because if God can get us to respond to his voice, then he has legal right to bless us. If we won't respond to his voice, then the enemy could bring that up in court, so to speak, and say, that's illegal how you bless them, right? And, but no, we, no, they did what I said. They acted on my word. They acted on my word. And with that response, you know, Moses saw the burning bush and God was watching to see what he would do. And if he could just get Moses to respond, and when Moses turned and went towards the burning bush, God was able to say something more. But if he would have just looked at it and just shook it off and walked on his way, the conversation would have been over. But he got somebody to respond to him. And he says to Abram, get out of your country and I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I'll make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Hallelujah. 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 And so this recompense of the blessing, this recompense of the blessing was what God was desiring to get into man in the earth from the beginning. We see that blessing offered. He blessed Adam and Eve and said unto them, be fruitful. And that word be fruitful means grow, increase. It didn't just mean have children. It meant grow, increase, prosper, be fruitful, multiply. And now he says, I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. I I think it's very interesting how Young's Living Translation makes this as a command. He says, When it says, you shall be a blessing, Young's Living says, be thou a blessing. Be thou a blessing. If anybody has ever had the privilege of having Dr. Dufresne lay hands on you and tell you, be blessed, Dr. Dufresne, he would would do it. It was violent when he blessed somebody. I mean, he he blessed one man in our church and the man slid down the wall when he got done. I mean, it was just the the power of God. He laid hands on pastor one time and pastor was, we were in Topeka, Kansas and pastor came up the the aisle and when when Dr. Dufresne said, be blessed, he, he found, he picked himself up three rows back because the power of God picked him up three rows. It, it threw him. The blessing of God. Be blessed. And that's what Young Living says. Be thou a blessing. Ooh, praise God. Praise God. So God isn't just trying to get a little tiny dribble of, of supply into our life. He is intense about us cooperating with and participating with the blessing so that we can be thou blessed. Be thou blessed. Hallelujah. 
The Amplified says you will be a source of great good to others. A source of great good. Just go ahead and lift your sights for that. Just see yourself not being the one in need, but being the one meeting others' needs. A source of great good. A source of great good. You know, Jesus said it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And, and when I first heard that, I was in such financial condition, I didn't believe it. I thought, he just doesn't know what I feel like right now because right now it would be more blessed for me to receive. <laughs> I had so much need in my life. But what he's in, in empowering us with in the blessing makes it to the point that as we give, it's multiplied back and then we give more and it's multiplied back and we can give more. And there's no end. If you know how to, how to sow seed and harvest seed, there's no end to the harvest. You know what's in the power of an acorn? What's in the, think about it. What's in the power of an acorn? A forest. A forest. If you know what to do with that acorn, you've got a forest. That's unlimited. Hallelujah. So God says you'll be a source of great good to others. Hallelujah. And when it says, I will bless you, the Amplified says, I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. Abundant increase of favors. Now, Galatians chapter 3, because I want you to have your GPS coordinates. Because you need to know where you are. Because sometimes, you know, um, circumstances and situations try to tell you uh, you're under the circumstance and you need to pull out your GPS and say, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not under the circumstance. I'm not in need. I've got my GPS coordinate. In need is not my location. Galatians chapter 3 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. So that the blessing of Abraham, did we just read that? The blessing of Abraham? He redeemed us so that that blessing, to make you a blessing, to bless you with abundant increase of favors. Jesus became a curse so that you could be blessed with abundant increase of favors to the point that you become a great source of good to others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's included in our redemption that's included in the salvation package so that the blessing of abraham might come on the gentiles through jesus christ that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith hold that thought and before we leave galatians 3 we do need to read verse 29 because that's your gps coordinate gps coordinate galatians 3 29 and if you be Christ's, apostrophe S, showing possession, ownership, if you belong to Jesus Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, the blessing promise from Genesis 12, 3. That was the promise of the Spirit through faith to Abraham. The promise that in blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. Hebrews chapter 6. This is our inheritance. It is not something that you should feel guilty 
to ask for because he wanted you to have it to the point that he already put it as your inheritance. It's already in your name. It's already in your name. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope or expectation. Full assurance of expectation. Hope is not just desire. In the Bible, it's expectation. The full assurance of expectation unto the end that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So there's no guilt about inheriting the promise. He actually says that for us to drag our feet about inheriting the promises is considered slothful. If we just be like, oh, I can make it with what I got, that's slothful according to that scripture. That's dragging our feet to go ahead and take hold of something that belongs to us, that we should be operating in the fullness of the blessing, blessed to be a blessing, that doesn't have to take forever. It doesn't, we don't have to put that off to 20 years down the road. Well, 20 years from now, I'll be a blessing. No, just go ahead and lay hold of it. Go ahead and, and through faith and patience, inherit that promise. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater. He swore by himself saying. Now we're going to see the promise that we saw in Galatians. This promise from Galatians 3. This promise saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you. That was the promise that we've inherited. We're heirs of that promise. We're heirs of that. That belongs to us. As if God himself stood in front of of Pastor Larry Clemens and said, because you're Abraham's seed. Abraham's not on the earth. Abraham is not on the earth. But you are. And you're his lineage in Christ. And so God's, God's promise to Abraham is now passed on to you. You've inherited it. I've inher- we've inherited it. It's now come into our possession. He passed it on to his heirs. And so it is just as valid and just as, as dynamic as if God himself stood behind, before you this night and said, Surely, blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. That's how... That's how authentic the promise is so you can just go ahead and 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 see yourself receiving what was once abraham's blessing but now it's been passed on to you this is your inheritance you are now an heir of this promise surely blessing i will bless you and multiplying i will multiply you you own that you own that it's been passed on to you you don't have to fight anybody for it because your promise is, I've got one too. Glory to God. 
I, 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 we don't have to be jealous about it because we've all got that same promise. He handed you one. I promise you. Here's your promissory note. Surely blessing I will bless you. Multiplying I will multiply you. And, and what I can do here, I can do the same thing here. And I can do the same thing here. And I can do the same thing. There's enough for everybody. God's not going to go, go uh, uh, bankrupt if we all cash in. There's not going to be a run on the bank in heaven and God says, oh no, everybody's cashing in at once. Everybody just got their faith and they've come to collect their inheritance and, and close the door. Because we're going to, no, no, no. He's going to say, just, just let them come on in. Just let them come on in and let's just dole out their inheritance. Surely blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, since Abraham is no longer on the earth and you and I have now become the ones who have in our possession this promise, I think it would benefit us to see what it did for Abraham. Yeah. You want to you look at that? Do you, do you think it made any change in Abraham's life when this blessing came into his life? Let's go back and look at uh, uh, Genesis chapter 13. He got it and he got the blessing in chapter 12. So let's just take an a, a investigative uh, look, inquiry into what happened after the blessing came on him. Chapter 13 and verse 2 says, And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. Says he was very rich. He's there with Lot. And Lot is getting a, a spillover of the blessing on him. Just by being acquainted with. Just by that association. He's getting blessed by association. And, and it says here in verse 5. Lot also which went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together for their substance was so great. Their substance was so great. So we see that within one chapter, his financial situation has increased. Hallelujah. Because of the blessing. Because blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. The word of God will not return unto him empty. It will accomplish what he sent it to do. And if you just accept your inheritance and participate with that inheritance, it can have its operation in your life. Hallelujah. I think it's chapter 35 that talks about... Let me see if I can find... 25. Let's look at 24. 24 and verse 35. This is a man who worked in Abraham's employment testifying about what the blessing has done for Abraham. The Lord has blessed my master greatly. So now we know everybody is aware of how this happened. He didn't say Abraham is the smartest man around. He just, everything, he didn't say Abraham did it. He didn't say Abraham did it. 
He, he didn't say Abraham was just a really intelligent businessman. He said, the Lord did this. The Lord has blessed my master greatly. And he is become great. So because of the blessing, he became something he wasn't originally. He came into being something different than he was at the beginning when the blessing came on him. Because of the blessing, the blessing moved him into a different state of being. He became great. He wasn't great at the onset, but as he walked in the blessing, he came into being great. The Lord has blessed my master greatly and he is become, <laughs> he has become great. He has become great and he has given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and men servants and maid servants and camels and donkeys. And God did that. God did that by the blessing. The Lord, he did it through blessing. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 26, we see Isaac. Genesis 26, Isaac. We see that he is starting his walk with God as an adult, as a man. And it says here that the Lord gave him an instruction. He, he was trying to deal with a difficult financial situation and he had a plan. I'll just go down into Egypt. But God gave him an instruction. And when he acted on the instruction, again, it was an instruction he had to act on by faith because God told him to stay in a place where there was no water and stay in a place where there was a famine because there was no water, there was no grass. And that was going to, it's affecting everything, right? And so the Lord told him to stay there. And he says in verse 3, Sojourn in this land and I will be with you and I will bless you. So he's saying, I, the blessing that was working for your father is now upon your life. You've inherited this blessing. I'll bless you too. And he gave him this instruction. And notice, I, I think it's interesting in verse 5. He says, because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, and my statutes and my laws. Again, obedience is primary, of, of primary importance. There is a safety on the blessing. God's not going to bless a life that is operating outside of his covenant. And there's a blessing on it. God's not, that, that safety on the blessing is, is I'm not going to be able, just like I as a parent would not reward my child if they are openly disobeying me. If they're openly disobeying me, we don't get ice cream. Right? <laughs> you're, you're not going to get that reward. You don't, you, there's going to be probably some privileges you lose. Because I don't want you to get the idea that that behavior gets rewarded. Right? And so there is a safety on the blessing. It's not going to work for the disobedient. It's not going to work for the people. who. That's why when it says um, those who are working the works of the flesh... They cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You can't work the systems of God if you're all, all living in the flesh. The systems aren't going to work for you. But if you'll get over here and just walk in the word and submit yourself 
to the instructions of the word, you'll be able to, like we said this morning, grow and mature. And as you grow and mature, you'll see how much easier things work for you in in the kingdom of God. So he gives them this instruction about obedience and Isaac obeyed God. It said he dwelt there. He stayed there and even to act on, to act on his faith. Think about this. We know that in 2 Chronicles that um, Jehoshaphat, God did not tell Jehoshaphat to send out the praisers. He did not tell them that. He told him to stand still. This battle is not going to be, you don't have to fight this battle. But so they took God at his word. So if you tell me I'm not going to have to fight, I'm not going to send, I'm not going to send the, the army out first, right? Because God told me I don't have to fight. So I'm going to act on that. He consulted with the people and they all agreed. Yeah, God said we don't have to fight. So if I don't have to fight, why would I send out the men with the swords and the archers and the cavalry in the front line, if you said, I don't have to fight, since you don't have to say, I'm just going to send out the praise team. Because that's what, we're just going to go ahead and give him glory. We're just going to go ahead and give him glory because, and so they sent out the praise team. That was an act of their faith. That was their faith on display. And God said, we don't have to fight. I mean, to send anybody else out, you would have had a backup. That, that would have been plan B. And just in case God doesn't do what he said he's going to do, we do have the cavalry out front. We do have the archers out there. No, no, don't need to send the archers. Don't need to send the cavalry. Y'all just go ahead and put all your armor back in the armory and just go ahead and bring your praise garments and let's just go out and praise the Lord. That was their faith speaking. Well, Isaac did that in this story. Isaac did that. God, you told me to stay here and you'd bless me. So I'm going to do what I would normally be doing if there wasn't a famine going on. I'm going to put my seed in the ground. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pretend there's not a famine here because you told me to stay here. So you must plan on my seed coming up. So I'm going to go ahead and put my seed in the ground because you said you're going to bless it. You said you'd bless the work of my hands. And so I'm going to work my hands. I'm going to go ahead. Okay, it's time to put the seed in. And he went and he put the seed in the ground. Praise God. You know what happened? He received a hundredfold. He received the maximum return available for him. He received the maximum return on his seed. In other words, God blessed him to the, the fullness of the blessing that was capable for the amount of seed he had put in the ground. And I bet, I bet he was... Now, let me tell you something else. The fact that he knew it was a hundredfold tells us he was a tither. Because he had to figure what would have been a hundredfold so that he could tithe off of it. That's an indication to me. He, he, he was paying attention. Why? Because I need to tithe off this. Right? But he received... A hundredfold, and look at verse 12. It says, and the Lord blessed him. So now we know where that hundredfold came from. It was, the blessing caused the hundredfold return. The blessing caused the maximum return. Now, I'm not going to get into an argument whether that means a hundred times. I, 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 there are, here's, here's where I just settle it. Maximum return. 
He said there's 30, 60, 100. So 100 means the full measure that I can receive back. Right? Brother Charles Capp says that different seeds, you could get different returns on different seeds. There were certain seeds that you could put in the ground. You're, you know more about that. There are some kind of seeds you can expect. I think he said rice was one that you can expect a hundredfold return off rice. A hybrid. So there, that fullness, the, the fullness of what can come back to me. Just go ahead and just settle it right there. Right. The, he, the full measure of what I can receive back. If I get 30, praise God. Praise God. I'll, be, I'll be thankful for 30 and I'll, I'll put my seed back in the ground and work on 60. <laughs> but, I'm gonna, but the blessing calls the hundredfold. And Jesus preached the hundredfold return. Jesus preached that there is a hundredfold return when a person is sacrificial in their walk with him and they give up houses. And he said, there's no man that has given up houses and lands and, and time with your family that I will not return in this lifetime a full measure, a hundredfold back in. Persecution, let it come because that's not going to stop me from doing what God called me to do, right? But the hundredfold is a part of the increase that God has for us because he needs to get us to this place that the blessing is at work in our life. And so it says, the Lord blessed him, verse 13, and the man waxed great. Waxed great. Now I know we don't use that word, but just go ahead and start in employing that word in your life. If someone comes to you and says, Minister King, how are you today? Waxing great, thank you. I'm waxing great. Hallelujah. Wax great and went forward and grew until he became very great. I need to read the message translation for you. The man got richer and richer by the day. Just go ahead and say that happens to me all the time. The man got richer and richer by the day until he was very wealthy. That's how you describe waxing great. Richer and richer by the day. So that waxing is talking about a, 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 a continual process of increase. Waxing great. Waxing great. Uh, there's a, a, if I'm not mistaken, and it's been a long time since I had this class in school, but, but there's a cycle part of the moon. Isn't there like a cycle part of the moon that's waxing? And it's part of the cycle. So waxing great is part of this cycle of the blessing. Praise God. The man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. For he had possession... He had possession. possession. He, he had possession. It was in his possession of flocks and possession of herds and a great store of servants and the Philistines envied him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what worked for Abraham, it worked for Isaac. And so if it worked for Abraham and then it worked for Isaac, I wonder what happened with Jacob. Let's look at Genesis 33. Genesis chapter 33, what happened here for Jacob? Well, 
Genesis 33, 11, this is after Jacob is coming back, after he has worked uh, with uh, Laban and married Rachel and Leah and Leah and Rachel and, and now he's coming back uh, to his homeland and Esau, his brother, is meeting him and it's the first time since he stole the, the, the blessing and the birthright that he's encountering him. But he comes back in verse 11, he says, Take, I pray you, my blessing that is brought to you because God has dealt graciously. Can you say favorably? Favorably. God has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough. And he urged him and he took it. Hallelujah. So God had dealt graciously, favorably with Jacob too. He said God did that. So it didn't come just by him working for Laban. You know, at one point, Laban recognized the blessing is on my life because Jacob is here. He began to realize my, everything that Jacob is over, because Jacob worked for Laban uh, over his cattle, and, it, and Laban kept stealing the, what from him. It kept deceiving him and tricking him so that he would work, and then he ended up giving it to Laban. Well, he finally uh, acted on, uh, they, they, they made a decision and he said, I'll tell you what we'll do. Every cow that is born, every one of the herds, the cows and the sheep and all the different animals, if they have spots or streaks, if they're straked, then you can have those as your payment for the work that you do. And he said, okay, I will make that deal. And they agreed to that. They agreed to that. And at the time, evidently, there were very few, if any, cattle and sheep that had those markings on them. But the, but the wisdom of God began to operate. And Jacob took poplar branches and stripped them and made a, a, a visual aid. And he set it by the water trough. And whenever the animals would come to drink water, or even if they were mating, they would be looking at those streaks and those spots and those rings. And they began to produce more cattle and more sheep that were marked with those markings until what his pay legally was from Laban was more than what Laban had in his herds. And then that's why he ended up leaving because the blessing had worked and made him such a blessing that it was causing Laban to be jealous of the blessing that was at work on his life. And so he comes back. He, you know, when he left home, he had his knapsack and a stick, right? He had a, that's all he left with. He didn't, he had to, he was on the run. Because Esau's going to kill me. I got to get out of here. And so he had just, you know, a little knapsack and his stick. And he, he, that's what he left with. But when he came back, they had to break up his caravan into two companies. There was so much in his possession when he came back. Because of the blessing of the Lord. So that was the blessing that was upon Abraham. That also worked upon Isaac. And now we see it worked in Jacob's life and it is what is in your possession now. That's the same blessing that you have inherited, that I have inherited. Hallelujah. Well, if it worked for Abraham, 
And it worked for Isaac. And it worked for Jacob. I wonder what it did for Joseph. Genesis 39. 39. Let's begin in verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. So he's been sold, he's been thrown into a pit by his brothers. But God took him out of the pit. He was sold into slavery at Potiphar's house. But he evidently has moved into a position of authority and prosperity. Even though he was there in that situation, the Lord was with him and God made him prosper. God made him prosper. Verse 3, his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. One translation says to flourish and succeed. The Lord made all that he did to flourish and succeed. The Lord will make all that you do flourish and succeed. Hallelujah. The Lord did that. And Joseph found grace or favor in his sight and he served him and he made him overseer over his house and all that he put into his hand. Verse 5, And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house. There's the spillover again. The Egyptian's house got blessed just because Joseph was there. Joseph was putting his hand to the organizing and the oversight of that house and God blessed it and the blessing of the Lord affected this ungodly Egyptian man just for Joseph's sake. The Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Glory to God, because the Lord was with him. Hallelujah. Potiphar's wife lied on him. He refused to compromise and she lied and they ended up throwing him in prison. Verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So do you see now why we need favor? Favor is not just about money. He didn't need money. He needed favor. He needed favor. favor. Favor affected finances around him, but what he needed was the favor of God. The Lord gave him favor. Gave him favor with people. Gave him favor with somebody in a position of authority. Gave him favor with somebody who had decision over his life. Gave him favor... And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison and whatever they did there, he was the doer of it. Whatever they did, it was under his command. It, he, was, uh, he was a prisoner, but he wasn't living like a prisoner. 
He wasn't acting, he wasn't treated like a prisoner. He wasn't in solitary. They weren't giving him rations. They gave him control. They gave him authority. And it was because of the blessing. It was because of the favor of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Now, I've said this before because we've touched on this aspect previously, but I'll say it again. There was integrity in place already. There was integrity in Potiphar's house that he would not compromise, not even for fear of, of her accusations. He would not compromise and sin against God or sin against the person who had entrusted him without responsibility. And here he is in the prison. He's not taking money under the table. He's not selling cigarettes on the side. You know, that's because of prison stuff going on, you know. He, he's, keeping it, he's keeping it clean. It's like, no, we're not going to have any of that underhanded, deceitful, lying. No, none of that. There's integrity in place. Amen? And because that integrity, the blessing could flow. If there had been a lack of integrity at any point along the way, that blessing would have been hindered. That favor would have been stopped. But he kept and maintained that integrity. Praise God. So we see here that all who were in line to receive the inheritance of this blessing, the lineage of Abraham, that is for us in Scripture visible, we see scriptural evidence of what the blessing did in their life. We know Joseph went on to be ruler over the entire nation of Egypt with only the Pharaoh in authority over him. And God did that. God moved him from that place in the prison to being in that place in the palace through his favor. God gave him favor. God positioned him and, and promoted him. Amen? And so the blessing did that in the scriptural evidence we have of the heirs of Abraham. So now we know what to expect in our life. Because now we have scriptural evidence of what happens when the blessing works in the life of an heir. We, we can and should expect this. God wants you to expect it. He wants you to bring your faith demand to that. You're not demanding from Him. He's already given it to you. You're, you don't even have to ask Him in the sense of making Him give it to you. He's already given it to you in Christ. Of His fullness, we have all received grace for grace. Grace upon... We've already received it. Of His fullness, we've already received it. I don't have to do anything more to qualify as an heir. I just need to walk in the heir He's made me to be. And so when the Scripture says in the Ephesians prayer that, that you would know that God would grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him so that you can know what is the exceeding uh, hope of your calling, so that you may know what is the, uh, uh, let's look at it specifically so I don't mess the wording up on it. 
so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance. That's how I believe it goes. Let me look at it with my eyes. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope, the expectation of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. You have to know it spiritually. The eyes of your spiritual understanding. That's not just talking about the mind. It's talking about the mind of your spirit, your spiritual mind. So that your spirit understands the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. The riches of the glory. Glory. Glory denotes... The, the actual word in Hebrew is kabod, I think is how it's pronounced. And it means heavy, heavy. And so you could describe glory as heavy with everything good. The glory of God. When, when Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. God said, you want to see my glory? You want to see my glory? I'll show you my glory. I'll let my goodness pass before you. And God said, I'm, I'm going to show you my glory. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here comes the glory. Are you ready? I am good. He declared his goodness. He declared his goodness. He said, that's my glory. The goodness of God. My goodness towards you. Hallelujah. So the glory, the glory is not necessarily bright light although we see it described very often as the brightness of His glory. So there, there's a display of it. But it's, it's at its essence, His goodness. Thank you. At its, it, it, we're, we're gonna, it's going to be so... His goodness is going to radiate so brilliantly that it's, it, it, it appears bright and glorious. And, and shining because it's the goodness of God radiating from His love. God is love. He's love. So that essence of His love is to express His goodness. His goodness. And it's shining brilliantly, so bright like the sun. Hallelujah. But at its origin, it's goodness. It's the love of God. And the favor and the blessing are, are outflows of His love, of who He is. It's His love for us that blesses us. It's because God is love. And he wants, when He joins a relationship with you, He wants you to know His love by His goodness. He wants to express His love to you with favor. It's like, you're my favorite. And you're my favorite, and you're my favorite, and you're my favorite. I'm God. I can have all of y'all be my favorite. I mean, God is so much God, we can all be His favorite. And He won't leave any of us out. He won't, he won't give anybody something and say, well, they're my favorite, and you're, you can't have that. No, uh, you're my favorite too. I'm favorable to you. Hallelujah. That's His goodness. 
his love for us. So do you see now why God is so intense about the blessing? He taught, it was the very first words that Adam and Eve ever heard. God is in every interaction that we see in the, in the scripture where someone joined to him in a relationship, God provided blessing in that relationship. He brought his power to their life. He brought his power. Wealth included, but not just wealth. We're not just after God's money, but we do want to be an expression of his goodness, and it's going to take money to do that. And, and I would not be expressing my love to my child if I didn't provide. And God doesn't want you to be your provider. He, he, his name is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. That's the character of his nature. He, he wants to be the one we depend on. He wants us to trust in him. Hallelujah. He created every planet that's in existence. Every star that you can open up your eyes and look in the sky and see, He made them. And it says, how much more? He gave His only Son. How much more will He not also with Him freely give us? All things. All things. Hallelujah. Why? Because He loves us. More than he loves any planet. More than he loves any star. More than he loves any animal. He loves us. Hallelujah. Especially those who are his. Who have been purchased with the blood of his son. We are his heirs. And joint heirs with Christ. Equal share. Equal share with Jesus Christ. So we have access. Father, thank you for this favor. We, we become intense about what you are intense concerning, Lord. We bring our faith to your provision. And we see, Father, that this is your design and your desire for us you want us to know it and you want us to walk in it. And so, Father, I ask you as a leader in this, in this church family that you would bring us all into a, a, working, a greater working knowledge of the blessing in our life, of the favor of God in our life. Father, we are interested in what you have in store for us. We are interested in the more that is to come. We are interested, Father. I ask you to talk to us about it. I ask you, Father, to begin giving details, glimpses throughout church family here, throughout our church family in Kansas, Father, that you would begin to show glimpses 
Father, flashes, previews, <laughs> previews. You know, it's like before a movie is released, they have a trailer, a preview, so that you can see the preview of the movie. God wants to show you the preview of the blessing that's on its way into our life. The previews. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I had finished a television filming some years ago, and I filmed all day, and then I would drive back to Kansas. This was before we were here, before we had the church here. But God had already begun to speak to us about having a church, and it was actually a weekend that I was looking for a hotel, and I found the La Quinta. And so I'm driving back, and God's been talking to us about having the church here, talking to us about different uh, uh, things that he wanted for us to do. And I was telling him the finances that I was going to need. I was like, well, Lord, you're going to have to do this and you're going to have to do that. And for, you know, for us to be able to have a, a, a church down here that, you know, and travel back and forth. And, and I think at the time I was, I may have been renting a car uh, to travel back and forth each time that I came. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have to rent a car every weekend. And I did rent a car every weekend. So I would have to go to the Enterprise early in the morning, rent the car, drive down, for church and then drive back, turn the car in. and get. So I was talking to God about all the finances that this was going to entail. And the Lord said to me, you must increase. And I thought, wait a minute, I'm talking to what you need to do and you're telling me? He said, you, well, you must increase. And it kind of took my breath for a minute. Well, I'm all into that, Lord, but tell me how. He, you must increase. Like he was putting it back on my plate. The ball's in your court. You must increase. You must increase. Hallelujah. And so I said, yes, sir. Okay. I must increase. And I began looking in the scripture for how to, how to cooperate with the increase of God. How to let that increase operate in my life. And recently... I think it's interesting. Pastor's been saying great things are about to happen. Something good is about to happen. He's trying to put his, his detail into that, but all he can say, he's just picking up on the spiritual radar, something big. He says something big, something good. It's something is about to happen. And at the same time, the Lord is dealing with me about national TV. And uh, okay, Lord. Okay, we've got, we're laying hold of land and buildings. We're expanding in land and buildings in Kansas. He, t he talked to pastor and said, you need a plane and your plane is ready. Go possess it. <laughs> okay, a plane. And he is, instructs me to go on TCT. TCT is, is a national yeah. network. Yeah. 
And I told pastor, I said, when I went on BTN, we had no money. When, and pastor walked into my office and with the contract for VTN and he said, what are we going to do about this? I said, I don't think we have an option. And we signed it and sent it in. We signed the contract and sent it in. And you know what happened? The money has always come. The money has always come. And so when God begins to speak to us about things and have us make plans and preparations and he downloaded all of these details of what I need to do to our television ministry to bring it up a notch, to have resources along with those teachings so that they're not just teachings that person, a person might watch one time, but there are, there's a study guide to go with it and there are things that they can utilize in a small group setting. And so he's downloading all of these details. And this time, I'm not talking to him about how much it costs because I realize he already knows that. He's not telling me that I need to figure out how to fund it. He's telling me to believe him for it because he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is the Jehovah Jireh, the provider, the God who sees and provides. So if God is, is speaking to us about great things and at the same time downloading plans, He's giving me plans of what to do with the money before the money even gets here. So when the money comes, I won't be like, golly! But I'll be able to look and say, I know what that's for. I know what that's for. I know where that goes.